You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. All right, welcome back to the SLC Punks podcast. This is your host, Hanson James. Today, we're trying something new. First off, the SLC Dunk, SLC Dunk podcast, SLC Punks podcast, whatever you want to call this, uh, it's back. It's been literally like a year since we've done one of these. I don't know if you guys noticed, but there was a pandemic that happened, and it made things kind of interesting and different. And for a lot of the last year, well, not in the last year, the last three or four months of jazz basketball have been really fun. But before that, there was not a lot of fun things to talk about, about the jazz <laughs> and lots of bad things that going on, but now the jazz are really good. And that's my excuse. So if you're mad about it, you can let me know in the comments. I know you already will do that. Uh, but today we've got, uh, what we're going to try to do is just start trying to do these as regularly as we can. Uh, we know that the SLC punks podcast is your favorite podcast of all the jazz podcasts. And so we're going to try to do this more often tonight. Uh, we just have tonight. We have um, Calvin and Nate, two contributors to SLC Dunk. Um, uh, welcome, Calvin. Welcome, Nate. Hey, thank you. It's great to be here. Yeah, thanks. Yeah. And um, honestly, it's a great, great time to be a jazz fan. And we should have been we should have been doing this podcast much more because this season for the jazz has been incredible. Uh, I just want to kind of just start from. The most recent jazz news that's happened, the biggest jazz news recently, uh, in surprising ownership news that seems to happen, you know, every six months now with the jazz. At first, the first big news was Ryan Smith buying the jazz. I think the next big news is is Dwayne Wade. Uh, in the things that have happened in your life, how surprising, like of all the things you didn't expect to happen in your life, how how surprised were you guys with Dwayne Wade becoming a part owner of the jazz? So I was on a I was on a flight. I my work took us to Hawaii, so a humble flex there. But we we were <laughs> we were on our way. We had this big fl- first a flight to Seattle. And when I landed there, I get off and I get back on the internet, and I'm seeing all these things on Twitter, just all about Dwayne Wade and the Jazz. And I was so confused. <laughs> just reading through Woj's tweets about it, I was. I mean, that's shocking. It was just, you would never expect that. You would think, yeah, Dwayne Wade maybe would become an NBA owner, but he'd be part of the Heat, right? Or maybe someone else, but not the Jazz, you know? <laughs> so that was shocking. Yeah. Well, it's, yeah. So within a think, year, man? we go from, within a year, we go from the Miller ownership, which I never thought they'd sell in the first place. And then that was shocking enough. And then, you know, nine months later, Dwayne Wade's buying a part of the team and it's big news. And that was just, that was pretty surreal. It's pretty wild. I mean, I just honestly never saw that happening. I know like Dwayne Wade has a good connection with uh, Donovan Mitchell and, you know, and I think people, uh, I, you know, I know that um, there's Dwayne Wade has a connection to that stance socks company, uh, which is out of here, which I, I think in some ways is related 
to Ryan Smith and somehow he's connected. But I didn't realize that Ryan Smith was that connected to Dwayne Wade. I think the biggest surprise was just that news that uh, that Dwayne Wade had been courted by the Heat to be a partial owner, to kind of be a part of that franchise. And he chose the Jazz. That's It's wild. The only other thing I can think of is someone choosing the Jazz was uh, was um, Joe Johnson choosing the Jazz. But that was for like a one-year contract. Not to like be a part owner and be kind of like a main because if you're buying the jazz you're kind of buying a portion of utah in a way it's like you you believe in this and that's what he said he said he wants to help make change in utah which which will be interesting to see and and it seems really exciting about what kind of image this is helping bring to the to the jazz and then to utah in general and so i there's just not a lot of of negatives that come with this like at all i have not had one thing where i've been like wow i don't know if this will be good for the jazz because of this i just can't think of anything uh so to me it's exciting yeah yeah sorry go ahead calvin yeah no problem um i thought that the interesting thing when Woj first announced this he said that Dwayne Wade plans to take an active role in the franchise and region. And I thought that was really cool in reading and hearing the things from both Wade himself and from Ryan Smith afterwards. It sounds like that was a big part in the decision. So maybe that would be why he, uh, he decided Utah over Miami that, you know, maybe he wanted to take a role in the basketball side and make be part of decision-making. And maybe, I mean, he's always been a really big spokesperson for all kinds of, equality and rights for all kinds of different people in between from racial issues to lgbtq and all that sort of thing he's always been on the forefront of this sort of thing and and that's something that ryan smith has said he's wanted to be a big help with and so you'd have to think that was a big part in his decision and that's a really cool thing with the the uh reputation that utah has um you know part of that earned part of it maybe not it's really great that they can, these two can be big leaders to help change the perception and the reality of it. I could not agree more. I mean, it's going to be something that I, you could already feel kind of like a difference. It's like, Oh, this person chose us. This person wants to help us. And, you know, with the, the year we've had and with like, you know, all the social unrest and the, and the black lives matter and all these different things. And then all, you know, and he has a big, connection to lgbt uh issues and and just and just equality and helping out that community i I believe he has a a daughter that's uh transgender um he it's something that's very important to him and that's that's a way he can kind of you know bring just diversity to this state which we just in a lot of ways we just need it i i think you know and we don't i don't want this to be a big kind of social issues podcast but i do think that it's you know, this is something that's going to really help out this state. One Utah, I believe that Utah people mean well, but there are some people out there that we've learned that they don't mean well. And there's a lot mm-hmm. of like, there's a lot of learning that needs to happen and a lot of growth. And I think having Dwayne Wade brings a diversity of thought that will be helpful because, you know, there's all there's you know there's so many different people out there with so many di- diverse beliefs and and cultures and viewpoints and things like that. And having only kind of one viewpoint in a cer- certain area is, is not great. And having more diverse thought and having more 
diversity in general is just going to help out. And one of the things that, and so, you know, I completely agree. It's just, it's incredible for the state. It's incredible for the team. Uh, and one thing that it made me think of is you think of Ryan Smith and, you know, I was excited when Ryan Smith bought the team because I knew that he's, you know, he is a smart guy and he has been very successful in his life with Qualtrics and growing that company. And he's very connected. Um, um, I can't, I can't remember exactly what it's called, but I think it's called like X summit or whatever. I've been to that. I saw Obama and Oprah one year when I went to that, uh, you know, he's able to bring in big names and voices to Utah at his summits. Uh, but you know what he bring, he not only just bring to it's the, there's a difference between having like Oprah come speak at a conference or like Dwayne Wade coming and speaking at a event and having him buy into what Ryan Smith is has has going and so i i'm to the point where i'm like all right this is the type of owner that could possibly win a championship for the jazz because he seems like he knows uh how to just get the best people together in a room and and bring just like smart people together to you know to just make the best decisions i i feel like ryan smith is proving to be just an incredible owner is one of the things i've just come away from with this. Yeah, as great as the Millers were, um, at what they did for so long, Dwayne Wade, it's going to what you were saying about different viewpoints, Ryan Smith is just like a fresh, feels like it's just a fresh take on everything and um, just the right person to lead the Jazz into the next generation. It's it's exciting. I I honestly in six months, maybe we'll get some other big news or maybe, maybe the, within six months, the jazz win a title. I don't know. So I guess that's how we can transition. So the jazz have the best record in the NBA. You might not always know it. If you turn on, you know, <laughs> uh, TNT or ESPN or, or bleacher report or any one of the national, uh, coverage that's their job is to cover the NBA. They don't always let you know that the Utah jazz are the number one team in the NBA. <laughs> Uh, but my question for you guys is, you know, is, are they being disrespectful or are they being, are they being accurate in their disrespect? I guess like, can the, how good are the jazz? Do we think the jazz are good enough, uh, that they should be getting more coverage that they should be being talked about as a dominant team or are the jazz a flash in the pan? And, you know, like everyone says online, uh, that maybe they'll win a round and then they'll be done. What do you guys think? Well, that's, uh, I guess that's the big question. I mean, of course, the, the cop-out answer is we don't know until the playoffs, but I think from what we've seen, the Jazz are, the jazz are legit. This is, they're having one of the great seasons um, in recent history that just they're, they're really dominant. They do have every once in a while a dud of a game, which can be scary. But you know, they they're doing it on offense, they're doing it on defense, and they're doing it consistently. And so, you know, is it fair to say that they're not the the favorite? I think that's fair, given the. Of course, as much as I hate to say it, the Lakers deserve probably to be called the the favorite as the defending champs, and their record being what it is, mostly due to injury. So you have to you have to consider them when you're talking about favorites, and of course people will always bring up the Nets because they've got just so much star power. 
Mm-hmm. And so it's, you know, and there, there's a bunch of other teams too that really could, I, I feel like this year is about as open as it's been in my lifetime. You know, there's, I think the Jazz, the Lakers, the Clippers, the Nuggets, the Nets, the Bucks, the Sixers, the Suns are all have re- reason to be called true, true contenders. And so, you know, I think the Jazz should be getting more talk, which, you know, that's just copy paste. You could say that anytime the Jazz should always be getting more respect. But um, I, I don't think that they have to be called the favorites right now. I think they should be among the group of them, though. Yeah, there's, I mean, there's an element of proving it um, that goes with it. But I do, I think there's some disrespect because, you know, the pundits out there, they look at last year's playoffs and they see, oh, the Jazz lost in the first round. But, Anybody with any kind of a ounce of reason and logic could say, oh, yeah, but they were missing one of their top scorers and it was kind of an unusual circumstance. I mean, it's not like the Jazz are just a first-round flame-out. I think that's ridiculous. But um, it's understandable, just like Calvin said, it's understandable why there's other teams that are in the mix. And, of course, the, the Lakers and the Nets and the, the big market teams are always going to get that hype even if it's overhype, but um, so I don't know if they're being blatantly disrespected, but I just think everyone kind of looks past them because analysts are like, oh, they lost in the first round last year. So that means they're not very good, which doesn't make sense to me. Yeah. I think it, to me, it's like, I think, I think it's a yes and a no. I, it kind of makes me think of the Spurs teams that won like five titles and how no one really talked about them. And I'm sure that's why Spurs fans would go crazy. Like, hey, you know, you talk about all these teams, you talk about the Lakers, you talk about the 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 Heat and all, you know, LeBron is in Miami and all these things. And guess what? Guess who's going to end up winning is the San Antonio Spurs and you never talk about us. Uh, that's where I think the scenario is where the Jazz are like the best team in the league. Because I think there just comes a situation where maybe the Jazz are just the best team in the league. They have the best record. Uh, and if they go and win the title, then everyone will look back and say, well, like, well, duh, we should have thought, you know, they were, they had this historically great offense and defense and, and, you know, it was pretty obvious. And so that's, I think one kind of scenario where the jazz win, where it's kind of like the Spurs back in the day when, with Duncan and Tony Parker, where they were just kind of obviously the, the best team, but they just weren't very, they weren't the sexiest team out there. Like the like the, you know, the heat and, and all the, and, you know, like Dirk Nowitzki and the Mavs and stuff like that. But, uh, so that's one way I think about it. I do think that the jazz can be the best team in the league, but I, to me, the jazz don't, the jazz are kind of at a disadvantage a little bit because they don't have that top five guy, which you mentioned the Lakers, the Lakers have two top five guys and that's why they're scary. They have some pretty decent pieces around them, but you know, it's that team is predicated on Dwayne on uh, LeBron James and Anthony Davis. And that's going to be a, just a tough team to beat in the playoffs because that is just a tough duo that is going to play a lot of minutes and to beat the Lakers, you've got to beat the Lakers with Anthony Davis and LeBron James on the floor. And that's really tough. The, the jazz, like, like you, I think it was you that said it, Nate, like they haven't really earned it yet. And I agree with that. Like the jazz, have an incredible season going on right now where they are just, you know, the first half of the season, they were just decimating people. Uh, This second half has been interesting because 
what it's kind of made me think is the Jazz are are, are able if the Jazz are going to win the title, they're going to be they're going to win the title kind of like the Spurs did, where you have this cohesive team that everyone is playing their role at a very high level, and you have someone um, in the playoffs have just an incredible playoffs like Danny Green did with them, where he's one of these role players, but he had an insane playoffs, and it was a big reason why they won. Uh, the Jazz are going to have like, and this is something I've talked about where it's, it's almost like the jazz have a really strong chain link. And if that, if that chain is strong and each link is, is holding strong within their role, I think the jazz can win the championship. I don't see why not. We've seen them play at an incredibly high level uh, with this team. But if you have a weakness on this, on this chain, then teams like the Lakers with LeBron are going to see that weak link and they're just going to attack it. Uh, and so the, the thing that gets me nervous is when I see Royce O'Neal and Boyan Bogdanovich struggling to shoot the ball. That's where I start getting really nervous because when the Jazz go to the playoffs, they are going to need those guys to be playing at a high level. They don't have to be like superstars. They don't have to take on Donovan Mitchell's role, but Royce O'Neal, when he gets an open three-point shot, needs to take it, and he needs to make a high percentage of those. And the same goes for Boyan Bogdanovich. If the Jazz don't have them doing that, I don't know how good they'll be. Because the playoffs, to me, is just about finding that weakness and taking advantage of it. And the Jazz are a team that can win, but they need all their their links to be doing really well. Uh, I don't know. What do you guys think? I'm... I do see some, I do think there's some truth to that, but I also think um, part of this, you mentioned the second half, part of this season is just that the games are so fast and furious that I think they're just kind of, I don't want to say limping their way to the postseason, but I think they're just kind of um, saving some of their their energy for the postseason. Um, and I think that when the postseason gets here, not threes obviously are, are a key part of it, but kind of like what we saw them do in the first half of the season where they were just bombing, you know, firing away from three and they were hitting a high percentage. I expect to see more of that in the playoffs, like to the 10th degree. I think that's going to be their strategy is just try to overwhelm teams with all the three-point shooting that they have. And, um, you know, it it is dependent on a couple of guys if they if they can play at a high level, like you said. But I I'm I'm excited for the playoffs more than I have been in a long time just because, I do think they're an elite team and it's going to be really fun to see them to see how far they can go. Yeah. I think uh, the big strength that the jazz have is, you know, like you're saying, James, that they're, they're, they're a full team. They're like those Spurs teams. If Donovan Mitchell's having an off game, Mike Conley may put up 25 and 12 or maybe Jordan Clarkson comes off the bench and scores 28 points or Joe Ingles has one of his ridiculous games where he makes seven threes in a row. You know, the team is just full of players that that can really hurt another team. And so I think that maybe this is a good thing or maybe it's a bad thing. It's a little bit of both. I don't know if we've really seen the best version of the Jazz yet. We've, I mean, maybe we have. There was, there was a ridiculous stretch there, but it just seems like there hasn't been a time where every player on the team or every important player was really playing well. You know, all of last year we had, well, half of last year we had Conley really struggling, 
and this year we've had, you know, Boyan's had struggles all year. Clarkson has been crazy, like on fire at the beginning, and then he had a really rough couple of weeks. Ingles has had off times. Mitchell has had off times. Even Gobert early in the season seemed like he was struggling to score at the basket. And I don't know if there's been a time where everyone's really put it together at the same time, which maybe that gives you hope to say maybe they can do that in the playoffs, or maybe it's scary because they uh, – Maybe that'll happen again, and someone will, maybe Donovan Mitchell will go back into his uh, earlier season self rather than this post All Star Donovan Mitchell that's a top five player. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I think that just if they can really put it together, I don't think there's a team that can beat them. The question is just whether they actually can do that and get everyone really firing all in all cylinders. Yeah, what you said makes me think. I mean, I think that uh, Utah has it's kind of like a double-edged sword because you have so many players that you want to play well, but at the same time, the jazz do have so many players that could just have a big game here and there that, you know, the playoffs are filled with so many games where it's, you know, it's not just like LeBron James and Anthony Davis winning games. It was like, uh, Rajon Rondo had big moments that helped them beat the Denver nuggets, you know, or Contavious Caldwell Pope just going nuts in the playoffs from three. I mean, he was bonkers. You know, and the Jazz kind of have the potential to have that too. You know, the Jazz need to have a really good playoffs from Donovan Mitchell. You just do. You need to have that main guy that, you know, with the Heat, it was like Dwayne Wade. And uh, when, like, when Dwayne Wade and Shaq won, it was Dwayne Wade having a big playoffs. The Jazz need that from Donovan. But at the same time, the Jazz have a lot of weapons that could just have like a big night. You know, you could have one night where Joe Ingles goes like seven for 10 from three, and we've seen him do that. And Boyan Bogdanovich just has a really nice game where he, you know, goes six for eight from three and the jazz starters are just like plus 15 because Boyan was really good. Or Jordan Clarkson has one of those crazy games. I, 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 Jordan Clarkson is one of those that I, I feel like he needs to, I was happy to see him in his last game, just hitting threes. Cause I feel like that three point shot for Jordan Clarkson is a big deal. If he can knock that down, he becomes so lethal. Uh, but I do, th- I do think like what you're saying uh, makes me think, you know. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire. By famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. The Lakers are going to get great games from LeBron James and Anthony Davis almost every game. They just are. That's why they're top five. They're just always awesome. Uh, Utah's going to get solid, solid, really good games from Rudy Gobert every game. And Donovan Mitchell will have, like, he'll have nights where he just goes nuts, like we saw in the bubble. But there will be games where Donovan doesn't do quite as well and and Mike Conley's quiet. But in those games, you know, maybe Royce has a nice night where he just hits like four for five from three. And, and, you know, I know not everyone's – I love him, but not everyone does. But I love George Niang, and maybe George Niang has one of those nights where he scores like 15 points because he went five for five from three. I I think the Jazz just have the potential to have big nights from random guys. Uh, It just – for the Jazz to do that, they've got to have the guys step up when the defense kind of 
adjust. So you'll have the Lakers putting their best guys on Donovan. Um, they'll be trying to slow down Rudy so he can't roll to the rim. And there will be open shots for Royce O'Neal. There will be open shots for uh, Boyan. And if those guys are knocking those shots down, that's why I think the Jazz have championship potential. Because I the Jazz just have one of those teams where if they're all playing well, there's just no weakness um, on offense. On defense, you know, there's things that scare me. Uh, Royce mm-hmm. O'Neal is a solid defender, but he is not a stopper, especially against smaller guards. He's good against he's pretty good against wings and can do a solid job. But I but I think the Jazz offense is good enough that it can make up for it. I think um, the Jazz. Oh, sorry. I didn't mean to cut in. Oh, sorry. you go ahead. Go ahead. I was just going to say you mentioned the defense. I think the Jazz defense, it's really, really good. But I think it's um, so much. This team plays so much better on defense when their offense is firing on all cylinders. I just mm-hmm. I see it like it's kind of like the defense can only hold for so long. If your offense isn't making shots, but if they're if they're raining threes, the defense just comes easy. It's not easily, but it seems like it's easy to them. A lot easier anyway. Mm-hmm. That, Nate, Nate, that's actually something I've uh, I've been looking into. I was thinking about writing about it. The Jazz are. I think this is the reason that they have these games because you'll watch them where they're just blowing teams out game after game, and then all of a sudden they show up and just look like. A high school team every once in a while they just can't get anything going together and i think it's it's exactly that they're both their offense and their defense are reliant on the other one as soon as they start missing shots then they're going back and not getting set on defense and they're giving up layups and once that starts happening their offense is all out of sorts and they're missing shots and it just feeds into each other the same thing happens on the other way if they're making shots or if they're getting stops then the other one it starts to feed into it the other way which is why they just they when they win it's not winning by 5 it's winning by 15 cuz they just they can get into this crazy rhythm but once they're out of it it's scary how bad they can be and so um if the jazz can figure that out a lot of that i think depends on Quinn Snyder being able to make adjustments in the playoffs but if they if they can figure that out and keep that momentum going the right way i think they're the best team in the league and so it's just that's what's scary about the playoffs when you're going up against, you know, maybe in the first round it's Steph Curry and your defense is playing great, but he's just going to drain a three anyway. Is that going to just completely derail the team or are they going to be able to bounce back and get, get things figured out? And so that's, that's what I'm looking for the most in, in the playoffs is are they able to change the momentum in a positive way when it goes bad? Cause that's, I think that's the key to the season. Yeah. You know, I, I'm not that scared of the Warriors, to be honest. Maybe I'm weird. I think the Jazz will like double Steph. I, at least I hope they'll. I'll, I'll, there's been times though where I thought Quinn would double people and he didn't. <laughs> but but uh, I, you know, I, I, you know, we saw Quinn like double Trey Young, and I could see him doing that against Steph Curry. I, I'm not that. I think the Jazz are going to win their first round series. Yeah. I would be shocked if the Jazz did not win their first round series and win it like pretty easily. Yeah, I'm I'm with you. The Warriors are really just not that good. It's just Steph is so good, but the, Steph is incredible. He's insanely good, and I can the, see like Steph will win them a game, right? At least. Yeah, for them to win four games though, they need like Andrew Wiggins to show up at, as good Wiggins every game. They need Ubre to make shots, which you know that almost never happens. So you know it's just it's a they, tall ask. Yeah, a, I I don't think that that would be a real challenge, but I guess. 
my point is that looking at each series, the Jazz are probably going to be going up against a top 10 player in almost every series, whether it's Curry or Doncic or Lillard or LeBron. You know, every time there's going to be someone who can who can derail the Jazz. And so I just saw, I hope that they, like you're saying, they'll just they'll brush it right off and just go right back into their game. Oh, yeah. Well, and I think, I think Quinn will adjust. And I, I kind of wonder if last year, you know, because we all have a little PTSD from that Denver series, and I look back and I want to see the Jazz. I, you know, I don't think Denver is going very far in the playoffs without Jamal Murray. I mean, he was the reason we lost that series alongside Jokic, who went crazy. Uh, so, you know, there's a path where the Jazz, you know, I don't know how it, the chips are going to fall. I, you know, in the end, I'm not going to pay attention too much to to seeding because I just feel like to get to the championship, you got to beat these teams anyway. So, you know, is there a path where you're playing like the Warriors and then the Nuggets and then the Lakers? Yeah, maybe. And that would be awesome. I, I'm not going to lose sleep over it though. If the Jazz end up playing the Lakers in the second round, you know what? They would have had to play the Lakers at some point. Yeah. And, you know, are we just trying to get to the Western Conference Finals or do we legit want to be a championship team? So my question um, for you guys is, what are you looking for from for the Jazz? Because we have about a month left. Uh, what are you guys kind of looking for in this next month? Like, what do you want to see that'll make you feel better about the Jazz chances in the playoffs? Um, I'll go first. I you mentioned you just mentioned seeding. I'm gonna I'm gonna digress. Disagree with you a little bit on that one. Not not completely, but I think it's so key. So they hang on to the number one seed um, just because their record at home is so good this year. And I know it's not a guarantee that they'll win just because they have home court advantage, but I think that's why they lost to the Nuggets in the playoffs last year. I think it's because if they would have had game six at home, I think they would have won. Um, mm-hmm. And I, I know that's not everything, but I just think that's the key aside from them playing well obviously they want to be playing well going into the playoffs but um that's my key for the rest of the season i was gonna say i actually agree with that um like number one seed to me really matters because you do get home court throughout and so i guess what i'm thinking is that i'm not gonna like if like the jazz see someone at like the seven seed that they want to play i would not want to see the jazz like tanking to the two seed you know what i mean because oh, i yeah. just that's what so i agree with you i totally agree that one seed really matters what doesn't matter to me is if the jazz say like last year they say hey you know what we'd probably rather play the nuggets in the first round than you know the rockets uh and then you tank and then you play the nuggets and you lose anyway i just don't want to see that from the jazz i just want that one seed and then i just want to let it the chips fall where they may and yeah. and go so i totally agree nate I 100% agree with you too. I hate it. I I was so mad that they tanked last year. I was like, that's just asking for bad karma. Mm-hmm. So, I think uh, the key I'm looking for is uh, I mean we've brushed on it already is finding uh, finding Boyan Bogdanovich and Jordan Clarkson, having them find their rhythm again. Because uh, I mean Clarkson, he may be back into it. He had a he had a rough stretch, and he's had a couple of really good games recently. So maybe that's in the past for him. And Boyan, as well, you know, he's he's really looked a lot better recently. He's starting to 
instead of just kind of driving into the lane slowly, looking around, wondering what he's going to do, and then trying to get a flop foul, he's now driving with purpose and getting to the rim and making baskets. And so I'm hoping that this is real, but I want to give it some time to wait and see if this has really really been a change in his play and his, his confidence. Because like I said before, I don't think we've ever seen the Jazz playing at their best, and especially with our two big acquisitions from last season, Mike Conley and Boyan Bogdanovich, I don't know if we've really had a long stretch of time where both of them have been playing at the top of their games. And Mike has just been incredible all year. Conley's been, he's been so steady as just the, the second or third best player on this team. And um, Bogdanovich, we've seen what he can do when he's good. He can He can really close games. He can just be the biggest threat on the perimeter on a team full of shooters. He can be the scariest one for the other team. And if so if we can get him back to being that level while still having Conley playing at the level he's at right now, then that changes everything. And so I think that these last, like right now, like you both talked about getting that locking up that one seed is the most important thing. And I think the second most important thing is trying to find that rhythm, especially for Bogdanovich. And it, Cause if he's out there just, looking like one of the best shooters in the league, then we get even more open shots for everyone else. And it just, it all will look even better. And they may, that, that can make them be that scary team that was blowing teams out every day. I, I agree. I think it actually, you're, I, that was, that was an awesome point because we saw last year, Boyan Bogdanovich, before he got injured, we saw this 20 point per game, super consistent scorer uh that eventually got injured but mike conley struggled so much in the regular season last year this year's been the inverse we've seen uh all-star mike conley and boyan bogdanovich has just really struggled and there's been times where he's looked just terrible and so it's nice to see him lately you're uh, you're totally right like he's driving with confidence in a way he wasn't doing at the beginning of the year and i feel like in the last you know five six games we're seeing him shoot the ball with confidence like, I think there's been games like not even that long ago where it felt like Boyan was just actively avoiding shooting threes, mm-hmm. just going to the rim. And then with, you know, I don't know what was going on. And I wonder if it was a little bit of his wrist and maybe there was other stuff going on we don't know about. But I feel like you're you're completely right. Like in the last 10 or so games, we're seeing him score inside with more confidence. He's one of the better He's not got a good handle. He turns the ball over too much, but I can't, I think it was Zach Lowe who mentioned that or on his podcast, someone mentioned that he's one of the best post players in the league, uh, just in terms of his production. Uh, so when he's got his back to the basket, he does do nice things. And um, his handle is always kind of average. Uh, it's not a great handle, but it's not terrible. It's, it's pretty mm-hmm. average, uh, but we've seen him do nice things in the post. We've seen him drive. And now we're seeing him shoot the ball. If he can get back to like 40% from three Bojan, I think the Jazz are going to be scary in the playoffs. Because, you know, if you're taking away Donovan Mitchell and you're taking away Mike Conley, and now you've got to deal with Bojan Bogdanovich, um, that's, that's hard to guard. That's really hard to guard. And then the other piece to me that I'm kind of looking at is just can Royce shoot the ball? Can Royce hit threes? Because we need him to hit threes. If we want uh, this team, because what'll happen is if Boyan's your third option, they'll say, well, Royce won't shoot. So his guy rotates to Boyan and, you know, 
and Royce is just going to either drive or pass the ball and the and the shot clock goes off and you lose the possession. We need like Royce O'Neal to hit shots. We need and like you mentioned Jordan Clarkson too. We need a good series from Jordan Clarkson. Jordan Clarkson had uh one like he had like one good game against Denver and then had some rough games. Uh if Jordan Clarkson had a better series against Denver, we would have won that series. But he just he really struggled at times and I think uh he's been better this year. I think he's passing the ball better. Um, which is a nice thing to see because I, you know, if, if we just see a, uh, Jordan Clarkson eating up possessions and he has a bad series that really hurts. Yeah. It's hard to overcome that. So, um, yeah, I, I think the jazz actually have a legit shot shot. I know we're all jazz fans, um, pumping up the jazz, (laughs) (laughs) but I do think the jazz have a shot, you know, uh, my biggest, what team are you guys the most afraid of at this point? I'm afraid of the Clippers. I would say the Clippers, um, just because I think they're the next most balanced team after us. Um, mm. If you know, if not more. I mean, I don't know if you could be more balanced than the, the Jazz are, but that would be my answer: is the Clippers. Yeah, I mean, I almost wanted to say the Nuggets before. I mean, with Murray being injured, that's just that changes a lot of things. But they were they seemed like the one team that could really get the jazz out of their game plan. But I think right now you have to say, I think you have to say the Lakers with Davis coming back and who knows when LeBron is back. Cause you know, they've, the jazz have not done well against the full strength Lakers since those two have gotten together, they've gotten blown out by them just about every time. And it's, mm-hmm. so that's, that's a team that I don't know if we haven't really gotten a chance to see this jazz team against the full strength Lakers team this year because because they've been injured and so we've we've blown out their the team that they've got now but you know um outside of the Lakers I think the one that that flies under the radar that teams should be afraid of is the Bucks no one really wants to talk about them they're not that exciting but I think that they're going to I think they're going to surprise people these playoffs I think they've they've changed their game in a good way and adding Drew Holiday gives them this whole new dimension. I think that they're they may be the team that comes out of the East, and I think that they could beat just about anybody. So that's my under the radar scary team. Yeah, well, you know what? I'd be really excited if we're talking about the Bucks during the playoffs because that means <laughs> that's a good point. <laughs> that means we're getting some exciting stuff. But I agree. I you know I you know the Clippers are really good. Uh I just I'm scared of the Lakers too because they actually do have a really solid defense. Um, mm-hmm. I'm actually, just pulling up the Western Conference because I don't want to. I'm gonna make a bold uh, prediction. I'm gonna make a. I don't know. I'll probably be wrong, but this is the year that LeBron finally. I'm not gonna say fully declines, but this is the year that he finally. Um, starts Isn't to look quite human. LeBron. Yeah, starts to look human a little bit. He's still LeBron, but. I just think with the health issues this year, I think you might actually look mortal in the playoffs. So you guys aren't scared of the Suns at all? Nope. I mean, I think that the Suns are really good. I, I think that they're genuinely a really good team, and they've shown that they can play with Jazz for sure, and they've, they've beaten us twice this year. You have to show them respect for that. I just It's hard for me to know for sure what they're going to be like when we haven't seen them in the playoffs, they're a really young team outside of Chris Paul. And you wonder if, 
if they're going to fall apart there or if they're going to be able to keep up this awesome play that they're doing. I think that they're, they're maybe even a little bit disrespected out there, but I think the Jazz are a better team. I just, I'd like to see them beat them. We've got one more game coming up against them, and I think that can be huge. Let's see, that's on April 30th. That if, if the Jazz get beat by them again, then I think you got to say that maybe there's a matchup problem there, but yeah, um, I don't. That's those are the game. Those games scared me a little bit because I know, you know, jazz fans will say on Twitter like, oh, well, you know, if the jazz had just shot their average, well, yeah, they would have won, but they didn't, you know, and it's been multiple games. Like we saw them lose to the Mavericks. They couldn't shoot the ball. The next game they, they play the Suns, and they don't hit their shots. And that's where I start to get a little nervous. Like that's the, that's the thing the jazz will, do that make the nationals and casual fans kind of scoff at what they're doing because you know we do really good when we're playing against like the the you know the kings or the rockets defense because they're just not good defenders and you get open shots and the jazz are really a really good team when they have open threes and stuff like that but when you're playing the suns with a great three-point defense because that's the other thing is the suns are one of the best teams in the league at defending the three and so that makes me a little worried. Like, you know, we shot the three poorly, but you kind of have to give credit to the Suns. That's what they're good at. And it makes me nervous. Like, are is this Jazz team able to have a good game in the playoffs against really good teams, you know? And I know they've beaten good teams this year. I think there's been a lot of games where, you know, really good teams have had, like, uh, one guy missing for COVID or one guy injured or whatever. Uh I'm a little nervous. And so I, I agree. I want to see that last game against the Suns. I want to see the Jazz win that game. I just, I just want to see the Jazz do well against good teams. I know they're the last few games we've seen them play against teams playing well, and they've won. They, they kind of pounded the Trailblazers, um, but they have a bad defense, you know? And so it makes me – that's why the Lakers make me nervous too. They're a good defensive team. And if the Jazz offense isn't rolling, how do the Jazz react, you know? Like you guys mentioned earlier, if the offense isn't rolling, how long does the defense hold up? Or do the Jazz just get tired and and worn down? I don't know. I'm nervous. I want to see this Jazz team. The thing that's a little scary is we don't have a lot of good opponents left for the rest of the year. We're going to have a lot of teams tanking, and we're going to be playing a lot of those tanking teams. Uh, So we'll probably get the one seed, but... That sun get that Suns game hurt my feelings, and then literally every Suns fan in the world decided to reply to me and say really not nice things and make not nice pictures about my. my <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I don't care if the Jazz beat the. I don't know. I wouldn't mind playing. I don't. I actually don't. I'm not as afraid of the Suns. I'm I'm more annoyed by the Suns hmm. than uh, I don't know. Yeah, the Suns are I, definitely good, but. But um, I just think their inexperience is going to do them in in the playoffs, personally. Yeah, I agree. Although Chris Paul is one of those guys that does give them a chance to win a lot of games. And he's just going to, you know, he's just really solid. And he does do well against the Jazz because the Jazz force so many players into like that mid-range. And that's where he lives. And so, you know, Chris Paul is always just kind of a matchup, a rough matchup for the Jazz. But... The Jazz have beat Chris Paul in the past. We beat the, you know, the Clippers with Griffin and and all them. That was Chris Paul and and uh, but man, 
I don't know. I'm just ready for the playoffs in a way. I, I don't know about you guys, but I'm ready to just kind of find out. It's going to be so nerve-wracking in that second round, whoever it ends up being. Uh, right now, just looking at the Western Conference, if it started today and the Jazz were playing the eight seed, they'd be playing the Grizzlies, which the Jazz probably win that pretty easily. I mean, we beat them like two or three. Wasn't it like three games yeah. uh, in four games we played them and we won all three? Yeah, that's a uh, sweep. I think the Jazz sweep that. They yeah. did get Jaron Jackson back, and so that's a little interesting. How good he is, we'll see, but that makes them a tiny bit scarier. But I still think the Jazz beat him. Uh, but then the 4-5 matchup, Nuggets-Lakers, which means the Lakers are probably winning that series. <laughs> so second-round matchup, congratulations, Utah. You get to play the Los Angeles Lakers. Uh, and so I, you know, it is what it is. If the jazz fell to how crazy would that be? If you're the two seed, you play the Mavericks and then you would play the Clippers or buck or blazers. Oh my gosh. So maybe they should tank to two. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) Depending on if you're scared. I don't know. No, I think the jazz need to go to the one seed and just like, just you know, if you want to be the best, you got to beat the best, I guess. But. Yeah, and that's why I think the one, the home court advantage, I mean, the Lakers are good, and they're going to cause problems. They're going to cause anyone problems. But that's why I think the, the one see the, the edge, the, any edge you can get is just going to be important. Yeah, I think also going against the Lakers, honestly, it may be better to see them earlier in the playoffs than later because – you know, we don't know how healthy LeBron James is going to be at that point. Looks like Davis is back now, but still on minutes restriction. So maybe at the beginning of the playoffs, LeBron is still recovering. And maybe later in the playoffs, he's at full strength. So if you can get him early, that could be the best window. I, I know that we're like, I'm going to just, we're probably close to the end of this podcast. Let me just say, see. Well, you know what? Let's just pull up our. I'm just like curious how many games are left. I, LeBron's obviously going to be back. Um, so let's see. We got about 20, 14 games got, left. Yeah, we got. So the playoffs start around uh, May, what, 17th, 18th? Uh, yeah. I don't know when LeBron's coming back. You're right, though. If he's like somewhat injured, you know, maybe the Nuggets pull out of that series. As far as as far as I've seen, they haven't given a timeline. Unless I've missed it, I haven't seen any sort of a timeline on his return. So I don't know what to expect. Yeah, it sounded. It looked like it was kind of like one of those really tough kind of high ankle sprains. Uh, but that gives him another month. Well, I guess it's not even a month because we're looking at what three, four weeks until the playoffs. It's not that far. Yeah, like we'll be in the playoffs a month from day. You know, two or three games in actually. I think you're right. Maybe the Nuggets can win. You know, okay, before we quit, can I just say Nikola Jokic is one of my least favorite players to watch in the NBA. I just don't, <laughs> I just don't like watching him play basketball. I know he's like every other basketball blogger's like favorite flavor of ice cream, basically. But for me, it's just like, oh my gosh, I just don't enjoy it. But uh, I'll be a Jokic fan against the, the Nuggets because I think the Jazz can beat the Nuggets. Uh, minus Jamal Murray. Uh, so uh, maybe Jokic can pull it out. I don't know. 
Hey, I'll say watching Jokic, I much prefer that over watching another series of Chris Paul and James Harden. So we'll, that's we'll, true. We'll take wow. what we can get. <laughs> that is true. That yeah. is true. I mean, and I guess you know the one seed does kind of gift the Jazz a first round victory, you know, mm-hmm. and they might actually get some rest if they, you know, play well and knock out that team pretty quickly. Uh, so that is definitely a benefit. And there is like a chance where like the Lakers play the Nuggets, and it's a really tough series, and the Jazz are you know, well-rested and, you know, they've scouted out both teams really well and, you know, maybe they can pull it out. Well, guys, uh, thanks for joining me tonight. That was a lot of fun. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. We need to, we need to do this more often. Uh, I know we've kind of, this shortened season, we were talking about it before the podcast. It's just tough because writing for a blog, you know, this isn't our day jobs. This is something we do you know, kind of as a passion project. Um, and so, you know, I don't, we don't always have the time when you have like five games and seven nights, like we had a few, a week ago and seven games, it's just hard to like fit in podcasting when you're also just writing and literally watching the jazz. So it's hard to fit it in, but we're going to try to fit these in as much as we can. Thank you, Calvin. Thank you, Nate. It was great. Um, uh, guess we'll we'll talk to you next time yeah thanks james good thank you remember eight is greater than three that's right (laughs) all right talk to you guys later